Halftime Show on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back or good morning, good afternoon. You know the deal. Some of you join us for hour number two. Nice to have you here. I'm Jim Rome. I'm in Southern California. Great to have you. All right, telephone number very quickly. Nationwide, no matter where you can hear us, 1-800-636-8686. A enormous weekend. We've been talking about it. We are on to the divisional round. One of the best stories in the NFL, of course, the Houston Texans. We are joined right now by a linebacker for the Texans. He is in his second season with the team. He's in his fifth year overall. He had a team high 106 tackles this season, including nine for a loss. He had a couple of sacks. He had a career-high 10 tackles in Saturday's win over the Browns. The Texans are 11-7 and overall. They won the AFC South, and they're going to play the Ravens Saturday. We are joined right now by Blake Cashman. Blake, it is great to have you back on the show. How are you doing, Blake? I'm doing well. Thank you for, for having me. Well, it's always good to have you. Thanks for making time for us. Listen, I know you're completely locked in and you're focused on that enormous opportunity in front of you, but we are talking about a team that went from three wins to 11 wins. You've already won a playoff game and you've got this great opportunity in front of you. Can you kind of give me a sense how you feeling personally and what's the overall mindset right now inside that locker room and around the facility? I mean, myself, and I think I can speak for the rest of the team as well, we we're all feel really good. Um, we're obviously excited about this opportunity and the position we're in. Um, you know, we just got the right guys in this building. We're, we're playing with a lot of confidence right now. And, you know, even just through this week, as we uh, have been preparing for Baltimore, everyone's juiced up in practice and, um, you know, ready to uh, attack the game on, on Saturday. We're talking to Blake Cashman. I can appreciate that. I'm going to ask you about the Ravens in one second. One more thought about last week, though, because it was such an enormous effort by the defense. You sacked Joe Flacco four times. You cashed in a couple of pick sixes. How pleased were you with the aggressiveness and how opportunistic the defense played with last week? Oh, it was outstanding. You know, um, you know guys were making plays all over the field. Um, you know, D-line was eating. The linebackers uh, made their, their plays in the secondary uh, was trapping guys up. Uh, so just to be playing great at each level and to play awesome complimentary football in a, in a playoff game is huge. And, uh, you know, that's why we were able to, uh, uh, you know, kind of blow the Cleveland Browns out and, and get a, a great win at home because, you know, we took care of business. We played disciplined football and guys were um, exactly where they needed to be to make plays. Blake Cashman joining us. You know, when you and I spoke back in November, you raved about C.J. Stroud's leadership, and you talked about how even as a rookie, he was so strong in a way that it actually galvanized the team. Like, mm-hmm. I get paid to speak for a living, and I've run out of ways to describe how elite this dude is. What is it that allows C.J. to play at such a high level on such a big stage and seemingly not be affected at all by the pressure or with the expectation of being him or that guy? Well, I've, I've always this year talked about his, his confidence and composure, uh, just how he manages and operates in the game, his, his pocket presence. You know, it, it, it's outstanding. It's amazing, you know, especially for a guy uh, in his first year in, in, in the NFL. So uh, that's been very impressive. But, you know, his, his trust in our, our, our team and the guys around him, um, he, he believes that, you know, the offensive line is going to protect him, take care of him. And, he has 100% trust that, you know, his guys, receivers are going to be where they need to be uh, on the routes because, you know, there's so much of it is based off of timing. And so, um, you know, when your protection and route running is, is in sync, 
uh, when you, you got, got a guy like CJ who is so so talented and skilled, you know, it's no question that he's able to dice up defenses. We are talking to Blake Cashman. Blake, it seems like when you've got the kind of bond that this team has, the kind of chemistry, and this is just me on the outside looking in, the kind of chemistry, the kind of buy-in, the kind of culture, you're going to do some really dramatic things. I talked to your GM, Nick Casario, earlier this year. He told me that he knew early on that D'Amico Ryans was the guy because of that confidence and because of his commitment to craft. You played last season in Houston after being traded by the Jets in the offseason. How quickly did the culture change once D'Amico and the staff came aboard? Uh, I mean, you felt, you know, the, the change of, of energy, the, the, you know, day one, the second, uh, Coach Ryan and his staff, you know, got up and spoke in front of the team. Uh, there was, you know, this extra um, sense of excitement, just not only in the building, but in the city of Houston. And, uh, you know, it, it, it has just continued to grow and carry through. Um, you know, our off-season programs and into preseason, into the season, now playoffs. So it's been great just to see how uh, the culture has gotten stronger, um, how this team has become a very close group. You know, the chemistry camaraderie just every week just seems to be getting better and better. Uh, and, you know, that's what, what, what you need. You need. You need great coaches and the right players to, uh, you know, make a, a really good um, playoff run. I mean, Blake, I understand the sanctity of the locker room, but can you explain, like, to the layperson that we're talking about a locker room of 53 alphas? I mean, how rare a guy is it that on day one he can walk in and just own that room or command that room? Like, how did he do that? Exactly what did he say to get that kind of buy in and that attention that quickly? Uh, talking about Coach Ryan? Yes. Yeah, he, uh, you know, he obviously, you know, brings in, um, like I talked about, I think before in your uh, show, that swarm uh, mentality, you know, special uh, work, eth- work ethic and a relentless mindset. And, um, you know, there was, you know, a, a guy like D'Amico, he's, he's, a, he's a leader of men. He, he brings a lot of energy and passion. You can see it on his face. You see it in his eyes. And uh, instantly, you know, there's just that, that level of great, you know, respect and appreciation for, uh, a man like that, a coach like that, and so uh, instantly guys are just bought in and and you know ready to go e- each day to uh, continue building um, you know a great football team in Houston. I appreciate you sharing that. Before you go, really quickly, I mentioned off the top that you lead the team in tackles. You're putting up some really big numbers. In fact, the biggest numbers of your career. What's been the biggest difference? Is it just opportunity, or is it something else? Definitely opportunity. You know, and you know I got to give credit to the coaches and my teammates you know I think this coaching staff um, you know in my lifetime of playing football has done an outstanding amazing job at uh, just coaching their, their scheme and and simplifying things for everybody uh, which allows guys to play very confident allows guys to play very fast and if you're playing confident you're playing fast you know, you're going to make more plays um, and then this team like I said you know everyone's bought in and and trust that everyone will be in the right spot to make plays. But, you know, it, it's easy to ball out when you got a, a bunch of dogs surrounding you. So, um, you know, you know, there's 11 guys out there on defense, and, you know, I make up one of them, but the 10 other uh, constantly, every play, are uh, wrecking havoc and doing their job, which, you know, at times this year has allowed me to, uh, you know, be freed up to, to own the opportunity, own the op, as we say. Own the op. I can't let you go without asking about the game really quickly. Lamar Jackson's on track to win his second MVP award. How do you prepare 
to face a guy that dynamic. I mean, a dude who's got that kind of arm talent, he can stretch the field, and he can beat you with his legs as well. What is the best way to slow him down? Yeah, I mean, you said it. You've got a lot of respect for a guy like that, one of the more talented players in this league, arguably our, our, our league MVP. But, um, you know, it's, it's, we've talked about it as a defense all week. You know, it's, it's got to be uh, a disciplined football game, a disciplined game plan, and uh, great tackling. You know, this team, especially Lamar, but they got weapons all over the field that, you know, they, they're, they, they're cutting back on the film. And you, look, you cut on the tape, they're, they're making guys miss. And, and that's when you, you have explosive plays. That's when you have uh, leaky yardage or extra yardage that, you know, doesn't need to happen if you can just uh, press, you know, the near hip, have great eyes, and, and make the play, make the tackle. So, um, you know, every guy is, has their own assignment. Just stay disciplined, move with what your eyes tell you. And, uh, you know, when the opportunity is there and you square the ball carrier, you know, make the tackle. My man, what a great conversation. Blake Cashman joining us. Blake, I know it's a really big week. I know you're locked in. I know you're focused. I really appreciate you making time for us, man. Thank you so much for that, and good luck this weekend. Thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate you very much, Blake. Great job. Always good to talk to you. He is having a career year, and that is a great conversation. And I think you know where I come out on this. The Texans are one of the all-time great jungle teams. They are a jungle team for the ages. You know I'm riding with them. You know I'm riding with them no matter what. Nothing but respect for the Ravens. But you know I am riding with the Texans. Love the way he just showed up. My thanks to the Texans and Blake Cashman. Who you got? Who do you like? What's your reaction to it? We will take a short time out. Telephone number is toll-free. 1-800-636-8686. Gas, groceries, utilities, you name it. The price of everything is going up. And if you are stuck in a bad timeshare with rising maintenance fees, the financial burden can be crushing. So it's time to get your finances in order and get the real facts about that timeshare that you were stuck in. You might not be. There are options for getting rid of it. Chuck McDowell, founder of Wesley Financial Group, has been helping families out of terrible timeshares for over 10 years now and has put together a complete timeshare exit information kit that he will send you absolutely free. To date, over 30,000 families have trusted Wesley Financial Group to help them out of financial hardship by getting them out of bad timeshares, and they might be able to help you as well. To get the facts about how the timeshare industry works and what your options are for cancellation, simply call Wesley right now for your free timeshare exit kit. See how you can become timeshare free. 800 800- 462-3333. That's 800-462-3333. 800-462-3333. You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. You're in a... <laughs> Predictably, I'm getting a lot of this. Rome, run Jimmy Johnson. He told us he's close to 50. Aaron in Castle Rock. Romeo Stasis, if Allen was a true Jack Savage, he would have run Jimmy for flexing his age. War the goat NASCAR driver, Ryan in Greenville. At Wolf Mongolia, why didn't JJ get run when he said his age? At G Cooks, why didn't you run Jimmy? For stating his age. I knew it. I knew it. This is very simple, but let me just give you a brief explanation. If you state your age, 
you will get run. It's a clone rule, not an athlete rule, not a guest rule. It applies to you, not guests. Why is that? I don't care how old you are. It's irrelevant. It's not material. It doesn't matter. It bogs down the process. However, if a guest, and especially in this case, Jimmy Johnson, somebody who's going to the Hall of Fame, somebody who's on the verge of reaching the age of 50, is still racing, that is material. That is relevant. Athletes and their ages do matter, especially as it relates to performance. That's why. You mentioned me running a Hall of Famer, a guy that I've had a relationship with for, I mean, since I got in, since he got in. We've been doing these interviews for decades. So this guy's the night before his finest moment. He's going into the Hall of Fame. Can you imagine me? That's pretty deferential. That's pretty respectful. Me just running this guy. He's on to talk about his career and his Hall of Fame induction, but oh, 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 oh. You mentioned that you're close to 50. Bam, Alan. Ring them up. How would that uh, sound? Sport is about the journey of many that have built this sport. And, uh, and I guess it probably comes with some older age. I'm getting close to 50 now. You know, you just... ah! Oh, sorry, Jimmy Johnson. Back to the phones. You broke a rule, bro. You should know, Hall of Famer. We don't do that around here. You can't tell me how old you are. I didn't ask how old you were. No, that applies to you, clones. Not to guests. Like self-glossing. A guest could self-gloss and not get run. You can't. That's the difference. So once again, you think you caught me, but you didn't. That's the rule. Nick Ambrose, 78, writes, I have the proof that you did not break the pace car. When I met you when you came to Houston for the Super Bowl, you wrote it down on my pick that you gave me, brother, Sure enough, he sent it to me. There it is. Brother. I did not break the freaking pace car, brother. Signed brother. Jim Rome. Well, there it is. There's your proof. I didn't. Good job, Nick. Way to pick me up. All right, so the beef segment. Now you can start preparing for it. Top of the hour. What's your beef? Hit me up. 1-800-636-8686. Hey, Jim. Like the old man said, imagine you just wrecked your car and your hand was almost severed off. You look down. You're spurting blood. The educated man knows he can stop the bleeding if he has enough lard in his system. That's what Jarrah is doing now. He needs Big Mike to be the fat and the cholesterol of his team so he can stop the bleeding. Jay in Virginia. That's incredible, actually. Well said, Jay. Yeah, but do you have that? of a car, and you had a wreck, and your hand was almost severed off, but you didn't understand your anatomy. You look down, you're spurting blood, you open the door and run to the woods and either die bleeding to death or shock. The educated man looks down, knows his anatomy, squeezes and knows his best chance is to wait for help. That's because he's been there a lot and done that. And so I'm waiting, I'm squeezing and uh, waiting for help. No, you're not, Jarrah. You're the one, the uneducated man, running into the woods, waiting to bleed out. I hate to say this, dude. Your fans are the ones waiting for you to run to the woods and bleed out. 
Because they know nothing's ever going to change. Because you don't want it to change. All right, more phone calls coming up. A reminder, the beef segment is top of the hour. So if you want to start dialing up right now and getting in line for that, go ahead. If you want to hit me up on the X and get ready for the beef segment, go ahead and do that too. I do want to talk about Detroit and Tampa Bay, specifically the D. Over the past few days, I felt like these amazing vibes from the city of Detroit. Not only that, but from Lions fans across the country. Vibes being that the Lions are headed to the NFC Championship game, that it's their destiny, that they're, in fact, already there. They're going for the first time in 32 years. And I've heard this from phone calls. I've read the posts on the X. I've gotten emails on this. And honestly, I get it. I know why you're feeling those good vibes. You should. I'm not saying you're wrong. Your team looked great in beating the Rams in the wildcard round. Then big, fat Mike McCarthy. Did you a solid? He led the Dallas Cowboys, and collectively they took a big fat dump in their pants. So then you don't have to go on the road. You actually, not only are you in a position to win another playoff game after not having won one in 32 years, you get to host another playoff game. I mean, the whole thing is so freaking surreal, right, Lions fan? But it's actually real. You're at home again. You're nearly a touchdown favorite. You're confident as hell. And you have every reason to be. You are, your team is, your coach is. Everybody there is. Suddenly you're not waiting for the other shoe to drop. Suddenly you're not fearing the worst. You're feeling good. Good vibes. A ton of confidence. And predictably, nobody is more confident than one C.J. Gardner-Johnson. I know. Shocking development, right? CJ's confident. CJ's bumping his gums. CJ doing CJ things. Of course. If not now, then when? If not now, then whenever. He always does. Talking bleep like Lane Kiffin. Hey, don't get it twisted. I love it. I'm here for it. I'm just always curious, like, all right, what's he popping off about now? Well, let's just say, to answer the question, let's just say my guy Baker Mayfield is not keeping C.J. up at night this week at all. Now, Baker's wideouts, little bit. They're a concern. But Baker himself, not so much. I know this because Baker caught a stray from C.J. last week while the DB, DB was discussing that Rams offense. He was talking about the Rams. He was talking about their wideouts and talking about the matchup ahead of their wild-card showdown, look what he did with that response. He told the Detroit Free Press, quote, This group probably is one of the better groups we done faced all year, besides that Tampa group. If you give that Tampa group a good quarterback, that's a great group. Evans, Godwin, Gage, That's a great group. I played against them for real. End of quote. You see what he did there? If you give that Tampa group a good quarterback, that's a great group. In other words, shots fired. And of course this week, with the two teams set to do battle, that scud that CJ launched worked its way back to Baker as you knew it would. And Baker in turn 
had a response. He actually didn't have a response so much as he had a little bit of advice for CJ. No, he didn't rise up and Jim Calhoun him and tell him to shut up. My best advice to you? Yeah. Shut up. Didn't do that. But he had a bit of advice, a bit of wisdom that might actually work the same way. Well, no, nothing will shut CJ up, but this is what Baker did with it. I don't think he's really watched film because uh, he mentioned Russell Gage. You know, we love Russell, but Russell hasn't <laughs> played a snap all year for us. Uh, he must be going off the preseason stuff that the media was talking about. But he didn't play our first game, so I'm excited to see him. I think he's a really good player. Um, he has been for a while. He's been an impactful guy on every team he's been on. So he, he's, uh, he's a good player, but yeah, he's got to do a little bit more film study. Baker's funny. Like, I want to say, all oh, growed up. You know what's funny? I'm talking to guys, and I'm talking to guys this week. Everybody's locked in. Everybody's locked in. Nobody's saying anything. Nobody's saying anything, well, except CJ last week. Baker's no different, but he got in a little jab. Got in a little jab. I mean, that's good stuff. Really good stuff. I mean, of course, the Rand or Russ suffered a torn patellar tendon. And he suffered it in training camp. He hasn't played all season. Meaning CJ had not watched the wideouts play even when he was injured in week six when these two teams did meet up. You know, he's running down this guy, this guy, this guy, Gage. And as Baker points out, dude, he's been hurt the whole year. He hasn't taken a single snap. What are you talking about? Maybe mix in a little film study. So the thing about Baker is that's not a haymaker. That's not some knockout punch. Nothing, nothing of the sort. But what that is, is a little shove back at the center of the octagon before both sides start throwing their haymakers on Sunday, which I love. Playoff football, things are starting to get a little chippy ahead of a heavyweight fight. Lions fan. This is like evolved, locked-in Baker because... He absolutely could have busted out his blowtorch in response because if there is one position group on the Lions that he could have lit into, it's CJ's secondary. You know, the biggest factor in them being ranked 30th in yards per pass and yards per game. You know, the weakest link on that team. But he didn't do that. He just kind of popped a little jab into CJ about his study habits. Like, you're a great player, dude. I'm looking forward to playing against you. But feel free to stick your nose in that tablet once in a while. Study up, yo. Now, I'm not, and you know me, I'm a Baker apologist. I always back this guy, always have. I'm not going to sit here and guarantee a Baker-led win. I'm not. But I can guarantee this. Underestimating this guy, disrespecting this guy, and sleeping on this guy traditionally comes back to bite you in the ass if you do. Look at his career. That's his oxygen. That's his rocket fuel. That's what gets this dude out of bed in the morning. That's what makes him feel dangerous. He loves that. And some of you Lion fans are treating the game like it's a buy. Like it's a buy right into the conference title game. Even worse, some of your players might be doing the same thing. You better don't. You better don't because thinking you can't lose is a good way to get beat. I'm not picking the Bucks to win, at least not yet. Find out tomorrow on Big Head Bets. But I don't need to wait until tomorrow to say that suggesting that Mayfield is a scrub who doesn't matter is a bad idea. 
like if you're a defensive player, I mean, CJ is a little bit different. He's a different cat. But generally, you do not want to be exposed. You don't want to be the guy that they're hunting. CJ probably has not felt this exposed since his car was stolen in his own hometown by his own fans. Remember that in Philly? That's why we glossed CJ Carjack Gardner Johnson. That's how y'all getting down in Philly? Y'all still after a win? That was an incredible story. Remember that? He's like, that's how you all get down in Philly after a win. You jack my car. Wow. Exactly. Wow. Wow. This dude must have been like, holy crap. I got my car jacked in my hometown by the hometown fans after a win. In Philly, y'all still after a win? Hence the gloss. Car jack Gardner Johnson. Hey, listen, that Detroit defense would be a better fit in the Big 12, right? And Baker knows that. And since we're talking about Detroit's defense, how about Matt Stafford and what he said to Kirby Joseph on the field last Sunday? Remember that? Remember Kirby had that hit on Tyler Higbee? Legal. Was not flagged. But just because it's legal doesn't mean it wasn't dirty, And Stafford thought it was really dirty. Check out this mic'd up moment. This is actually awesome. Stafford flips his hips. Wings one middle. Bobbled and cut down Tyler Higby in dangerous play. Stafford was not happy about the celebration by Kirby Joseph either. It's been on tape. I've seen it. Hey, hey, it's been on tape. It's on tape. You're right. You're right. That's awesome. That's one of the better things I've heard Stafford say. Of course, it was on the field, not off. But he went down to protect his guy. Quote, hey, hey, good hit. You're dirty as bleep, and you know it. Dirty as bleep. It's been on tape. I've seen it. Dirty as bleep. Alvin, give me that one more time. That is incredible. Stafford flips his hips, wings one middle, bobbled, and cut down Tyler Higby in dangerous play. Stafford was not happy about the hey! celebration by Kirby hey! Joseph either. Hey, that's a good hit. That's a good hit. You dirty as f*** on your Hey! You dirty as Hey! It's been on tape. I've seen it. Hey, hey, it's been on tape. It's on tape. You're right. You're right. I think that might be my favorite thing Stafford's ever said. Hey, hey, good hit. Sarcastic much? Good hit. Good hit. Man, you're dirty as bleep. You're dirty as bleep. Normally, everybody's got their quarterbacks back. This guy had his tight ends back. Hey, good hit, dude. Good hit. You're dirty as bleep. You're dirty as F. Dirty as bleep. It's been on tape. I've seen it. So, on the one hand, they're heavy favorites, but you've got one safety who needs to do more film study And the other safety apparently has a, quote, catalog of dirty plays on tape because Stafford has seen it. Bucks v. Lions just got a whole lot more interesting. Hey, Hey, good hit. You're dirty as bleep. It's one of my favorite lines. Way to go, Matty. Bengals gal in Florida wants to weigh in. Jim, nice interview with Blake Cashman. Happy and impressed 
with what the Texans have overcome, what they've done this year, they remind me of the Bengals team coming from the ashes to make it to the Super Bowl or the AFC. Maybe. Maybe. Interesting comp. Maybe. Hey, Jim. If Big Mike was 190 pounds and working out or had better hair than Jera, he would have been run. Jimma was flashy, good-looking, and didn't mumble. Jimma had to go. Big Mike isn't a media darling. Big Pizza Mike is safe as long as he stays fat. Pete in Youngstown. That's an incredible take. I'm going to keep that guy around because he's fat and he has bad hair. And he's not very charismatic. I look skinny and younger next to him. Jimmy, though, man, Jimmy had incredible hair. Jimmy was smart as hell. Jimmy was charismatic. The players liked him better than they liked me. The media cared more about what he had to say than what I had to say. Oh, and he was better looking than me. And he had better hair than me. And he had more charisma than me. Get out of here, man. I'm going to keep around... You know, that's what you do, right? You roll with people who don't look as good as you so you feel better about yourself. Or or you can surround yourself with people who are smarter, better, stronger, faster, more motivated. You know, that's what winners do. You know what winners do? They try to surround themselves with people who are better than them in every aspect of life so they can become the best version of themselves. You know what losers do? They surround themselves with Big Mike. Loser. Pete in Youngstown. Good take, dude. Good show, dude. Good take, dude. Hey, Jimbalaya. Great synopsis of the Cowboys situation. Jerry Jones is that guy wanting to lose weight while getting a double bacon cheeseburger. Rich in H-Town. Double No, I think he does want to win. I think he does want a championship, Mm. obviously. You think that guy doesn't want to prove that he can win a championship again still? I think he does. Just not nearly as much as he wants things to stay the way they are. Comfortable. Him in charge. He does not want to start over. To quote Michael Lombardi, old people do not like change. Think about it. Think about your grandmother. Think about your grandfather. How many of them at age 80 are looking to reinvent? I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm saying it's rare. Like, hey, man, I'm going to hit the reset button on my life. I'm 84. I've got maybe nine months left, but I'm going to hit the reset button on my life right now. I mean, awesome. But doubtful. No, he likes things the way they are. Comfortable. Just whatever you do, don't tell me that it's about the ring. Because if it were about the ring, you would make dramatic changes in the organization. Because the one thing I will not accept, do not tell me we're close. See, that's what he wants you to believe. Why would I break it? It's not, why would I fix it when it's not broken? We're close. Dude, you're not close. Nobody thinks you're close. You're the only one who thinks you're close. All right, when we come back. How about Philadelphia? How is Philadelphia going to handle their situation compared to how Dallas is handling its situation? 
And again, Steeler fan, don't tell me your situation is exactly the same as Dallas's. It's not. It's not. 1-800-636-8686. Get in line right now. Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio. So getting out in front of it, we've got the beef segment coming up next. Remember, not all beef jerky is the same. Old Trappers, original old-fashioned teriyaki, hot and spicy, and peppered all come in four-ounce bags. You can sample different flavors and find the best one for you. Ask for Old Trapper by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? Hit me up right now. 15 minutes out. We are compiling phone calls and posts on the X and emails. Whatever you want to tweet or email or call about. Any beef works except the Jard Nation and expect, except toilet beefs. Other than that, it's fair game. Hit me up. All right, in the meantime, I want to clear out some phone lines. People who've got things to talk about that are not beef related. Let's go first to, be ready, I'm coming to you. Let's go to Tulsa. Ben in Tulsa. Good to have you, Ben. What's up? What's up, Jim? Hey, listen, I've been a Cowboy fan my whole life. I have seen this team fail me year after year after year. All the potential in the world. It's not that they're a bad team. I can accept a bad team. It's the underachieving. And now this guy has everything in place, and he will not make the change. Jerry Jones is going to be a laughingstock. That is his legacy. And I'm not going down with you, old man. I'm done. I'm done. Thanks, Jim. Rack him. Nice job, Ben. Rack him. That's what I mean. Have a take. Don't suck. He's like, I've been a Cowboy fan my entire life. And the thing is, we're not bad. We're not a bad team. We're a talented team. Hell no, you're not bad. We were all led to believe that not only were you a good team, you were a Super Bowl team. And then all of a sudden, like the parting of the Red Sea, Philadelphia takes a big dump in its pants. You get the division. Couple of games at home. All you have to do is handle your business. Take the and by the way, you haven't lost at home in forever. You're undefeated at home. Handle your business, and then you at least get to the NFC Championship game. Not that that's good enough to me, but believe me, that would have been good enough for Jera. You know how I know that would have been good enough for Jera? Because getting hammered and humiliated at home in a wild card game was good enough for Jera. You know how I know that was good enough for Jera? Because he's changing nothing. Done. Nothing that matters. What happened to Jera? We will assess Big Mike game by game. That's what he said prior to the postseason. We'll go game by game. Yeah, well, after the first game, you had your biggest embarrassment ever. And that's your assessment? We're fine? We're good? Not only that, we're close? No, you're not. That guy just said, I'm a longtime Cowboy fan. I'm not going down with you, old man. 1-800-636-8686. All right, you know what? I might have missed on something. I started the program by saying Cowboy fans are apathetic. Not pathetic, apathetic, meaning they don't care. They don't care. They're beaten down. They don't care. In contrast to Steeler fans who are pissed and they want to go. Maybe I misread that. 
Cowboy fans sound pretty angry all of a sudden. Let's go to Arkansas. Levi. Good to have you, Levi. What's, What's up? On, Jim? What's up, Jim? I'm upset, too. I'll tell you that right off the bat, uh, Cowboys fans. Uh, two fireable offenses for Mike McCarthy. That was the worst playoff loss in Cowboy history. Uh, number two, we lack discipline. And you know who teaches discipline is Bill freaking Belichick. I know it's not what everybody wants, but the guy has six Super Bowl rings, and Mike McCarthy has one. So, yeah, I'm a little upset that we're sticking with Big Mike. We were going to go to the NFC Championship game. Yeah, that would have been a step up. But they got me again. They got me again, dude. They, they had me believing again, and then they, they broke my heart again. I'm almost done, too. I got to tell you. I'm almost done, too. I feel you, dude. Nice job. Good job. Appreciate the call. Appreciate the energy. Done. He said, they got me again. They had me believing again. And you know what, Levi? He's running the same playbook. He's trying to convince you yet again. We're good. We're fine. We're close. And then he runs out a litany of stats. We're close. Mike has the highest winning percentage in the regular season of any coach in Cowboy history. Mike has won a couple of divisional titles. Mike has won 12 games three times. Who cares, Jerry? What the hell does that matter to anybody at all besides you? Stop spinning this. Levi said it best. They got me again. And you know what? He's trying to hook you again right now by laying out all these numbers. Hey, look, look at Dak. Dak took, the next, Dak took the next step. We got rid of Kellen Moore. We let Mike call plays. And look at Dak. Cut way down on his interceptions. Dak had a great year. Dak had an MVP caliber year. We are close. Yeah, but let me ask you this. What did Dak do when it mattered most? Took a dump in his pants. What did Mike do? When it mattered most. Took a dump in his pants. McCarthy has won one playoff game against an 8-9 and nine Tampa Bay squad in four years. That's the standard? That's good enough? Dak has been your starter for eight years. He's 2-5 and five in the playoffs. That's the standard? That's good enough? Regular season numbers are good enough? Come on. Get the hell out of here with that. How is that good enough? Why is that good enough? Hey, believe me, if they would have got to the championship game, that would have been good enough for them. And it would have been hard for me to talk you off the point that we are close. (laughs) You are close. Then you're one game away. But having a Green Bay team that had that many rookies and that many guys that had never been in the postseason before show up and play that well, and be that comfortable on the road against a Dallas team where the stage clearly was too big. And they tanked, and they weren't prepared, and they weren't disciplined. We we talked about it yesterday, but Matt LaFleur turned that big dude so far inside out. Like, he knew, he knew that Dallas would yip and choke and tank if they got squeezed. Why do you think they took the ball off that coin flip? They knew they could apply pressure right from the very jump. So what did they do? And he also knew. He knew that the moment would not be too big for his quarterback. And he knew Aaron Jones was going to run with authority. So what did they do? They took the ball. They went right down the field. And it was easy. And they're up on them 7 nothing, And they never looked back. They knew. They knew that Dallas is a front-running squad. And the stage would be too big. And they'd get tight. And they choke. And they did. 
Lafleur's done a hell of a job. I got to admit, I've always thought that he was a good coach. I've always had respect for him. I got to be honest. I, I didn't think that he was as good a coach as he is. Taking nothing away from him. I think he's a good coach. He's done a hell of a job this year. Lafleur's done a great job this year. McCarthy has not done a great job this year. Like, Jerry, who are you selling that garbage to? Nobody's buying it anymore. Garbage. 1-800-636-8686. I'm... You know, I'll tell you what. You know who's got... McCarthy may have the best regular season winning percentage of any Cowboy coach. But you know who's got even a better regular season winning percentage? Matt LaFleur. You know who just beat McCarthy? Matt LaFleur. You know where he did it? In McCarthy's house. Do you know what their seed was? Seven. A seven seed has never won before. You know what that means, don't you? Nobody's ever lost to a seven seed before. But the Cowboys have now. So what are you seeing, Jerry, that leads you to believe that you're so close? You're talking about the wrong historical facts, man. This dude is a con man. You're talking about the wrong historical facts. All right, the beef segment is coming up next. Clearly, I've got a beef with that decision. But what's your beef? It can be sports-related or not, work-related or not, life-related or not, family-related or not, friends-related or not, anything Anything except the JN, that'll get you run. Anything except toilet humor, that'll get you run. And don't tell me how old you are. Otherwise, I'm here for it all. Hit me up on the X at Jim Rome. Email me your beef, Rome, R-O-M-E, at haveatake.com. Let's see how far we can go with this. Call-in beefs, written beefs, all of it. We're doing it next. Don't go anywhere.